Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. Ken Weigel, welcome back to another episode of Success at Last. We're excited to have you today, kind of to chat through a new exercise that we've been rolling out with clients. Thanks for having me, Jared. It's a pleasure to be back. So today I wanted to talk about this Mora exercise that we've been utilizing to create some facilitated clarity for clients. So if I were to kind of set this up, the clients that we have that are running wildly successful businesses with skinny teams many of them looking at a variety of different new challenges and opportunities, it can be a little lonely at the top. So they kind of get in this reactive whack-a-mole cycle, kind of reacting and running to the next emergency. And simultaneously, they're overwhelmed with all of the opportunities of their thriving businesses. So many things that they could do, but not enough clarity around what they must do. And so their reasoning as they pursue these different opportunities, they become somewhat circular. The bottom line is, is, is they're busy. And so we found this Mora exercise to be an incredibly helpful and productive way to gain clarity around what's most important. So I guess I'll turn it over to you. Talk to me about the kind of origin of Mora and kind of what it means and kind of how you've been able to help people through this planning process if we can take a moment to gain perspective. It's a great question. And an all too common scenario that a lot of leaders find themselves in. Mora is just Latin for pause. And what we find so often is, especially with successful leaders, but I think it could be just leaders in general, is what happens is we end up just getting into these cycles where the opportunities, as well as the challenges, as well as all that life throws at us, just puts us in this place where we're continually reacting. We're putting things out there, we're putting out fires, we're seizing opportunities, and we're just going. And the speed at which we are running at things continues to increase. And that's one of the biggest challenges, especially for these high-capacity leaders, is that they find themselves able to do it. And they can do it for some seasons of their life where they are tackling big things that are coming up at the organizational level, they're seizing professional opportunities, and they're going. But what, what we found is there just begins to be these seasons where all of a sudden you're finding that you're just running at a clip where it's really getting to be a place where whether or not you'd say it or not, you're beginning to be a bit overwhelmed. You're beginning to find that place where the amount of decisions you're having to make is feeling more like a chore. And you actually are sometimes fighting some of that, that idea of like, am I making the right decision or am I just, you know, you use the term whack-a-mole, am I just trying to get as many things done in a day as I can. And so we use the term Mora to really be able to, to say that idea of what would it be like for just taking a portion of your day 
and to just stop, to just pause. And what happens when you do that is all of a sudden we begin to ask some questions that just really help diagnose what moment are we in? You know, if if you were to ever meet with a doctor, you'd probably describe a really great experience where you'd say, man, they really took their time. They asked some good questions. I really felt seen. I really felt heard. And so before they just went ahead and prescribed something, I really felt like they saw who I was and they, and they saw where I was at at this season. And that allows you to take that decision or that diagnosis much more seriously. But what will happen in our life is we actually don't take that time. We don't assess. We don't have the perspective that allows us to really even understand like, where am I at in this moment? What is true about today? What else is going on in my life? And so these moments of pause, and I like the term pause because there's an implication that there's going to be a, we're going to press play really quickly afterward. We're going to get back into action, but we need to take these moments to pause and ask some questions because what we do is we just get in these cycles. We're continually being as fast as we can to see a problem and put a solution and see an opportunity and put a plan in place. And we just do that for so long that eventually we just get tired. And it manifests itself, not just on the workplace, but also physically. Like a lot of these people have sometimes hard time sleeping. Sometimes they just have a hard time feeling the same joy that they had in what they're doing. And this is the lot, most of these people, these are the businesses or organizations that they've built or they've had an opportunity to build that they would say are their greatest joy. But they get to that place where they're just going, I feel overwhelmed and I just need to pause and I need to have some time to have somebody ask me some questions that help me have a better understanding of where I am right now so that as I do go forward, I can just do such with better clarity than I had the day previous. So Ken, one of the things that I most appreciated about this exercise, and for full disclosure, I mean, I've consumed this exercise numerous different times, personally and professionally. And what I like about it, it, it isn't a prescriptive exercise as much as it is a facilitated exercise. Having somebody else ask me questions that I haven't yet ever thought to ask myself and then challenge the answer that I'm offering allows me to see opportunity or challenge framed in a new light. It garners new insights for me that I was unable to create for myself. And so I think that's an important distinction about this exercise is it's facilitated versus prescribed. And that creates a different level of clarity, I think, as somebody participating. There's always, you know, times where you can kind of sit down and take a test or take an assessment and have it kind of show you kind of where you are. I think one of the most interesting things about this particular exercise is we really go where the client needs it to go. And so there are times where there's a real issue at a staffing level. And I wouldn't know that going into it because I don't work within the organization. And a lot of times, not many people would know it, but we just begin to ask questions and go, man, is it just because we don't have the right rest of the team in place? Or is this a new problem? Or has this happened before? And as we begin to dive in and just ask those questions that came from listening to the previous answer, we begin to get to the place where we are finding out what are the actual pain points that you're going through? Because for a lot of these people, they have been the problem solver for most of their life. And so they are so often solving problems that they don't often stop and just go, wait, how many times have I done this particular problem? Is this an issue where if I could get a little bit more upstream, could I see this from a different angle? And what we find for all leaders, it's the same thing for at all levels of excellence is you just don't have the same perspective on your own life, on your own organization, or even on yourself that you would from a trusted 
advisor who can look in and see some of those things. And so to be able to have that, I do it as well. And to have somebody that asks me those questions and is able to get in there and just frame it in a way that disarms me. So often what I've found is you have to do it in a way that it really doesn't just come in through that kind of normal pathway. And so it almost sometimes needs to sneak in around the side and you need to see it from a different way or hear it in a different way. And then all of a sudden it allows yourself the perspective to process it in the same way that you would every other problem, but you're hearing it in a new way. And it allows you to all of a sudden just have an appreciation for it in a way that you didn't have before. Yeah. A book I read last year that I really enjoyed was by Ryan Holiday. I think it was Stillness is the Key. And a quote from that was, Stillness aims the archer's arrow. And uh, I found that to be true, that sometimes this moment of clarity can really add precision to your execution if you get clarity of what matters most and why. So I guess as we think about what would be in Amora, it can, can, it can be a wide range of things, but there's a proven process to this facilitation, kind of a diagnostic of all the different things that could be out there. What generally would one experience in a Mora session? Yeah, I mean, generally, you know, they go anywhere from about probably, probably 90 minutes is about as, as quick as we would do, but a lot of times they'll end up taking half a day or a three-hour period of time. And within that time, what we do is we really just start asking some diagnostic questions of really helping us understand from the leader's perspective, just what's true about that. And so I'll go through this, an exercise that really just begins to ask some questions and really helps us clarify a lot of the things. And we'll go from professional and we'll even talk about other things that are going on to just make sure. I mean, I don't know how many times I've done something with a professional that it was actually another relationship that they were having a hard time dealing with, sometimes even outside the business. Sometimes it's a business partner. Sometimes it's even just a a family member that that distraction and for them to be able to recognize that and the implication that it's having within the business was just really helpful. So we go through this initial diagnostic. And then from there, there's about four or five different tools that we'll pull out that we'll go through. Sometimes assessing different areas that we need to improve just our own personal wellness. Sometimes it's ways of helping clarify ways that we make decisions and ways that we spend our time. But most of the time, what we're doing in this process is we're going where the actual leader needs it to go. We're going in the direction that is allowing it to be an issue of if we're overwhelmed with 10 decisions, we're going to really be able to help narrow that down to what are the top decisions we need to be making within the next, sometimes it's three days, sometimes it's 30 days, but what are the things we need to do? And then creating little small action items around those that allow them to go from things that beforehand felt really big and really all-encompassing decisions and actually breaking them down into really much more approachable, much more doable, and really creating little action plans for each one. And so the idea is that we start at a really high level at the very beginning as we ask these questions and we stop and we pause. But by the time we leave... Nasal gaving? This is not just some high-level navel gazing experience where we just talk about things ethereally, but we actually do get into the brass tacks and we get down into decisions that need to happen in the next short term. And these are the things that I found when leaders can stop and pause. I was with a leader today. I'm shocked how many leaders today, they're, they're one of their biggest issues is they just have so many things that they could do. Their list of how many things that are on the could list are almost a mile long. And I just stopped and I just asked the CEO, I just said, what do you actually want to do? 
what would actually just give you the most joy that you could say yes to of these three options? And they just stopped and they just said, man, it has been a while since I've even asked myself that question that I've actually even considered myself because I'm always just so caught up in the business and what we need to do and what's next that to actually stop and ask the question, what do I actually want? I just haven't done that in a really long time. And so when we can get to those places where we're asking ourselves those questions and we're listening really carefully to the answers and what comes next, we find ourselves at a tremendous place of clarity that allows us to have so much more confidence as we make the decisions going forward. Because it's not that it's not within us. Almost all of the answers are within us. The problem is just we're running at such a clip and we're running at such a pace that we have not stopped and really discerned the moment that we're in to be able to make those really crucial decisions that as leaders we have to make. No doubt. Ken, I, I guess as somebody who's consumed this numerous different times, I've appreciated that it, it goes from these big picture challenges that can somewhat be paralyzing, just stalled out, not sure where to go next, to something that's specific, measurable, smart goals that are action-oriented that can help break that inertia. And then at the same time, for me, a symptom when I begin to get overwhelmed, one of the first things that goes is kind of self-care. And so integrating in some life replenishment so that I can show up the best version of me for my wife, for my clients, for my team, continue to prioritize those things that we really can't outsource to others has been a wonderful reminder for me. Mm. Self-care often gets a very bad rap of kind of this, a younger workforce who you know just doesn't understand that idea of hard work and what it takes and just kind of that touchy-feely idea. But really, throughout all time, we've always known that the best tools, the best solutions, I mean, if we had a rental car and the tires were full and the gas tank was full and it was clean, we realized that's going to be just so much more effective for the task ahead as opposed to one that is just absolutely just depleted and under-resourced and not at a place to be able to do any good for anyone. And yet we often, so much as leaders, we will run into places where we'll go, all right, I'm here and I have four hours to be able to give. And we do, but we don't realize if we actually were to be able to spend sometimes as little as 15 minutes actually practicing some form of self-care. It allows us to come into those places with better perspective, sharper making clearer decisions, less reactive. And that is infectious both to our immediate family and coworkers, but also to the decisions that we're encouraging the other leaders within our organizations and the other folks on our staff to be able to make. And so if we can begin to have a culture that allows us to see the benefit of taking some time to really be able to understand where, how well we're taking care of ourselves and the role that how well we care for ourselves intellectually, emotionally, physically, and the toll that that does take on our businesses. I mean, there's been countless books written about how much when someone is healthy in those ways, the way that that impacts the business cannot be overstated. And for so much of us, though, that's the number one thing that goes is we don't put the time and energy into what fills us. Ironically, though, Jared, we do put time and energy into distraction. When I actually sit down with leaders, the issue isn't time. Because when we actually dive into time, we find ways to just distract ourselves because we've been so overrun that all of a sudden, whether or not it's Candy Crush or Instagram or Netflix, we do these things to distract us at the end of a very long day. And the reality is we do need on occasion distraction. But what we have actually have not done often is figured out the things that actually 
fill us up and refuel us and put us in a place where we're actually stronger and in a better place to be able to face on the challenges from the multiple different aspects of life, from home to different community groups that we're a part of, to even our place that we lead within our workplace. So all of those places are impacted by that. And I agree, we, we can't just look at business decisions and think that that's the only place that we need to gain that perspective and to make some of those decisions. It has to happen at a personal level for every leader that, that I know. So for me, this Mora has become kind of a cadence that occurs with some le- level of regularity. It isn't a one and done, but it's iterative process towards the destination. And so I've found it incredibly helpful. And if you're a leader that's overwhelmed with opportunity, lacking clarity of the things that you must do to advance your long-term strategic goals, wanting to be more purposeful with the allocation of finite resources like time, attention, and even finances, reach out to us. We'd welcome the conversation to explore if a Mora would be clarifying and helpful. Reach out to me directly or to reach out to your contacts here at DeLap. We'd welcome the conversation because increased clarity will be beneficial for you, your family, your team, and your business. So Ken, thanks for sharing some insights today with our community. Thanks for the opportunity, Jared. I appreciate it.